Greetings, thanks to God. This is Pastor Montalas, the senior pastor of the Cedar Grove Church, located right here in beautiful Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 528 East Main Street, and we welcome you tonight. We welcome you on this Sunday to our cyber sanctuary so that you can hear from heaven. I thank God that he is God. I thank him that he's on the throne. I thank him that he's working all things together for the good of those who love him, for the call according to his purpose. And I thank God for you tuning in today to be a part of what the Lord is saying in this service. And again, I just think he's going to say something today. I pray that uh, the message would minister to you. It would meet you in your place of need today. So again, we say thank you for joining us. And I just pray right now that the Holy Spirit would minister to you and meet you in your place of need. There is a word from heaven that I would love to share with you today. I want to call your attention to the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 12. Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 12. And I'm going to lift up for the benefit of brevity. I'm just going to read verses 1 through 8 today. Acts chapter 12, verses 1 through 14, excuse me. But I'm going to lift up just verses 1 through uh, 12, I believe. Amen, amen, amen. And when you have it, please say, Amen. Here begins the reading of God's word. I'm sharing from the New King James translation. And the word of God reads Then Saul, still breathing threats of murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters of, from, to, from him to the synagogue of Damascus. So that if he found anyone who were in the way, whether men or women, that he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone round about him from heaven. And he fell to the ground, and he heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goats. And he said, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, arise and go to the city, and you will be told what you must do. And then, and the men who journeyed with him, who stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one, then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were open, he saw no one. But they laid him in by the hand and brought him unto Damascus. And he was there without sight, neither ate nor drank. Uh, he was there three days without sight, neither ate nor drank. And there was a certain disciple of Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord had said in a vision, Ananias? And he said, Here am I, Lord. Uh, so the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire of the house of Judas. From one called Saul of Tarshish, for behold, he is praying, and in a vision he has seen he has seen a man named Ananias, Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him, that he might receive his sight. Amen. Please remain standing. I'm going to pray. Please continue to pay attention. I'm going to pray. I'd like to use for a thought today, coming from that sixth verse. Uh, where it says, so he trembling and astonished, saying, Lord, what do you want me to do? Amen. Today, the Lord and I want to minister from the subject, have time adjustments. Mm. Have time adjustments. Let's pray. Precious Lord, once again, we praise you. We thank you for this day. 
This is the day that you have made, and Lord, we're to rejoice and we're so glad in it. Thank you for this opportunity to share your word to your people, oh God. And I pray now that you take me, your servant, hide me behind your cross, let no flesh be seen, let your word be glorified. I'm going to say thank you now because you are faithful. It's in the matchless name of Jesus we ask that all somebody loves and shout amen, amen, amen. Halftime adjustments. It was February 5th, 2017 when the Atlanta Falcons uh, were defeated by the New England Patriots in Super Bowl 51. Some of you remember that game, amen. Uh, New England won the game in overtime, uh, 34 to 28. They won their fifth Super Bowl championship at the time, amen. But some of you, uh, as you look back, remember, reminisce and reflect on the game, you understand that the way it ended was not the way that it started. Because believe it or not, New England uh, had a rough game. Uh, Tom Brady had thrown a touch, uh, a pick six where they had ran it and took an interception and ran it back. Uh, and at halftime, catch this, they were down 21 to three. It looked bad, it looked bad. They were down 21 to three. But is anybody glad today that we don't judge the games at halftime, amen. Uh, my grandma put two verses in the scripture together. She put Ecclesiastes together. She said, the race is not given to the swift, neither the battle to the strong. And then she pick up Matthew and say, but to he that endureth till the end. Amen. And I'm glad today. I'm glad today. I don't think it's just my grandma. I don't think it's just New England Patriots. Hallelujah. They're not the only one that's glad that the, uh, the game is not judged at halftime. Amen. We're grateful to God that he, you can make some halftime adjustments and, and you don't have to finish the same way that you started. Amen. Let me say that again. Somebody missed their shout. You don't have to finish the same way that you started. And I want to let you know today, as we look around our country, as we look around our community, even as we look at our churches and even our children, what's going on in our country. Hallelujah. I believe we need to make some halftime adjustments. In 2020, we're just above... Uh, Halfway through the year, amen. And we've seen some things in 2020 uh, uh, that would boggle our minds. Some things in 2020, hallelujah, that we did not necessarily predict as we're going into 2020, hallelujah. But what the Lord wants me to minister to you and let you understand that even in the midst of things starting out puzzling, perplexing, and problematic, hallelujah, that we can make some strategic shifts uh, and as we make these strategic shifts, we're positioning ourselves as, um, for the tools that we need to be essential for success. Amen. Uh, strategic shifts with, that will position us uh, so that we are in a position that we can have success. Hallelujah. And what you want to do, even at the time of halftime, we want to make these shifts. It's, it's time. It's, it's necessary. Hallelujah. To go back and reevaluate our game plan. To, to look at some things and, and prayerfully pursue the Lord as it relates to what shifts that we need to make so that we can experience the success that you would have. Because Jesus came that we may have life and that we may have it more abundantly. And sometimes while we're in the midst of things, or in the middle of things, it doesn't seem like we're experiencing the abundant life that God has for us. Have you ever uh, been in a situation and things just shifted all of a sudden, even in the middle of it? Hallelujah. And, and if you have, you're in good company. Does anybody remember the time that Jesus told his disciples after he had fed the multitude to get into a boat and to go over to the other side? And as they got into the boat and as they were on their way, yes, uh, we understand, hallelujah, that the disciples ran into a storm. Uh, in the middle, yes, Lord, in the middle of the sea. They were too far out to turn back. 
and too far from their destination to reach it. And a storm arose. Uh, uh, but because of the halftime adjustments they made, because they continued to look to the Savior, uh, he came walking on the thing that was troubling them. Uh, in other words, God has un under his feet the thing that's giving you so much trouble. Yes, Lord. So you're in good company if you've been in a situation where uh, things have changed, like things have shifted, and you've seen some un foreseen circumstances, uh, uh, and God can minister even in the midst of that, and we can make some halftime adjustments. Not only the disciples, but some of you remember Moses. Uh, Moses at the Red Sea, when he was in a situation where he was called, where he was birthed to be the deliverer of God's people, and after they had been in Egyptian bondage for over 400 years, yes, uh, the deliverance finally came. But after Pharaoh finally let God's people go, he ran into some trouble at the Red Sea. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. But because Moses continued to look to the Lord, he said, Lord, here I am in this situation. God gave him the instructions that were necessary so he could make some halftime adjustments and go over on through the Red Sea, come through on dry land. And I just want to let you know that God can bring you out. Hallelujah. And you won't even look like what you've been through. Amen. He can bring you out on dry land. Hallelujah. And what I want to let you know today is that God is calling us. God is challenging us. Uh, as we look at this the rest of this year and the things that are going on, he's calling us to make some halftime adjustments. And I know you may have had some plans. Yes, Lord, at the beginning of the year, you had your year already mapped out how you thought it was going to go. Hallelujah. But sometimes things can change from what we initially planned. I believe it was Mike Tyson who put it this way. Everybody has a plan. And still they start taking punches. Amen. And I believe somebody has taken some punches this year. Uh, I believe somebody's been knocked down to the mat. Amen. Somebody has uh, been in a situation where the referee was tempting to call you out. Hallelujah. But I want to encourage you today. I can let you know that you can, if you can just stumble back to your corner one more time. Yes, Lord. Find your mouthpiece. Yes, Lord. You've got a good corner man named Jesus. Yes, Lord. He'll patch you up. He'll renew you. He'll revive you. And he will restore you. And you can come out ready to fight. Hallelujah. The race again is not given to the swift, neither the battle to the strong, but to he that endureth to the end. Amen. Well, that brings me to my text tonight. Hallelujah. In this ninth chapter of the gospel, excuse me, in this ninth chapter of the book of Acts, uh, what we're witnessing is a halftime adjustment that happened to a man, hallelujah, who had an encounter with Christ. And as a consequence of that encounter, his life was forever changed. Hallelujah. I'm talking about the Apostle Paul, yes, Lord, who on the Damascus Road, hallelujah, had an encounter with Christ, and his name changed from Saul to Paul, yes, Lord, and he made a halftime adjustment, yes, Lord, and was able to finish stronger than he started, amen. Can I go deeper today? Hallelujah, because some of you understand uh, Paul's testimony, you understand his testimony, hallelujah, he was one uh, uh, when scripture finds him in Acts chapter 7, he was at the stoner stoning of Stephen. When scripture finds him, he is a persecutor of Christians. Yes, he was not a proclaimer of Christ, but he was a persecutor of Christians. In other words, Paul or Saul at the time, as he was called, was a Christian killer. He was a Christian killer. Yes, Lord. He was one that uh, uh, was so committed to killing Christians, hallelujah, that 
He was upset, and even in the midst of all of it, yes, Lord, he was one that was good at killing Christians, yes, Lord. But he had one encounter uh, while he was on the road to Damascus with letters in his hand to even do it again. Hallelujah. He saw a light, and out of that light, he heard a voice, and he had an encounter with Christ. And he went from a Christian killer to a proclaimer of Christ. In other words, he had a halftime adjustment. Amen. And as a consequence, Paul, he changed from that point. He was not a Christian killer. He was a proclaimer of Christ. He went from that point right there where he rolled over to thirds of the New Testament. Yes, Paul. Amen. And even at the end of his journey, he was able to testify that I fought a good fight. I, I finished my course. I, I kept the faith. Hallelujah. And I don't know about you, but that's the testimony that I want. I want to be able to, at the end of my journey to say, Lord, I fought a good fight. I kept the faith and I have finished my course. Paul had an encounter uh, with Christ at, at the halftime, at the middle point of his life that forever changed his identity as well as his destiny. Amen. So I want to, as we travel through the text tonight, as we travel through the text on this Sunday morning, excuse me, we want to go through and look at what God is doing in the life of this man named Paul. Can we go deeper? Hallelujah. The first thing I want to point, up, point out is how God uses adversity to get our attention. Mm. How God uses adversity to get our attention. Verses one through four, amen. The Bible says, then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters of him uh, to the synagogue of Damascus so that if he found any person uh, who were of the way, uh, uh, the way, the followers of Christ, whether men or women, that he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Hallelujah. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around about him from heaven, and he fell to the ground, and he heard the voice of saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Amen. How God uses adversity to get our attention. Again, at the beginning of this chapter, hallelujah, Paul, or Saul, as his name was called at the time, was a Christian killer. Uh, he was one that was passionate about what he was doing. He was one that uh, uh, was operating in excellence in killing Christians. Yes, Lord. Uh, he was one that was breathing. Yes, Lord. Verse number one, asking. Verse number two, and then binding Christians uh, as a consequence of his passion for uh, what he thought was his God, amen, uh, thought he was serving his God effectively. In other words, you know the story, Paul uh, was one, or Saul was one who was a Pharisee, uh, a Pharisee, one that kept the religious laws, yes, Lord, and as a consequence, he thought he was doing a good thing. He thought he was fulfilling the will of God for his life, yes, Lord, hallelujah, yes, Lord, he was doing that, yes, Lord, but, but God said, you know what, uh, Paul or Saul, I got something better for you. As a matter of fact, I want to change your destiny. I want to change your identity. Hallelujah. I want to change who you uh, think you are called to be. Because believe it or not, you are now killing Christians. But I want you to be a proclaimer of Christianity. Hallelujah. And as a matter of fact, uh, uh, he changed it. He, he used adversity. Because the Bible says that as he was traveling, he saw a light that shined brighter than the noonday sun. And out of that light, he heard a voice. And the voice cried out, Saul! Saul, uh, uh, he used this adversity, and as a consequence, God 
uh, used that light and he blinded him. He could not see. The Bible goes on to tell in this same chapter how he was blinded for three days. He was not able to see. As a matter of fact, he was not able to eat or drink because God had knocked him down and changed his direction and got his undivided attention. And I just believe today that God is getting somebody's undivided attention. Yes, Lord. God is using adversity. Yes, Lord. He's using our highs. He's using our lows. Hallelujah. To get our attention. Hallelujah. And what I noticed about Paul, the hallelujah, is that, and one of the things I like about Paul is that he was just as passionate about his conversion as he was about his sin. Let me say that again. One of the things I love about Paul is that he's just as uh, uh, passionate about his conversion as he was about his sin. In other words, uh, he was passionate before Christ and he was passionate after Christ. But before Christ, before he uh, had this encounter, before God uses this adversity, before God knocked him off his feet and got his undivided attention, yes, Lord, Paul was good at what he was doing. He was effective at killing Christians. Uh, again, he was uh, comes on the scene in Acts chapter 7 at the stoning of Stephen. He was effective. And because of that, he wanted to even do it even more effectively. He had gone, had gone to the priest to get letters to go to Damascus to see if he found anybody calling on the name of Christ that he would catch them and that he would kill them. Amen. Uh, he was successful. And let me just ask you this, because uh, the Lord has given me this message again to go back and do a halftime adjustment. But actually, this is the same text that he gave me at the beginning of 2020. Amen. He gave me this message. Hallelujah. And it was called um, a perfect vision with the subtitle of extreme makeover. In other words, God was doing an extreme makeover in his life. Uh, Paul was successful, but believe it or not, he was successful at the wrong thing. And I asked on uh, New Year's Eve, have you ever climbed the ladder of success and found out that your ladder was leaning against the wrong wall? Mm. Uh, climb the ladder of success, but come to discover that your ladder is leaning against the wrong wall. In other words, have you ever been good at being bad? Oh, Lord, have mercy. Yes, Lord. Uh, have you ever been good at being bad? Yes, Lord. Uh, uh, I, I don't think I'm the only one. Some of you, as you look back over the pages of your life, yes, Lord, you hadn't always been on church, uh, watching a church online on a Sunday morning. Amen. You hadn't always served in your position in the choir. You hadn't always uh, had a, a, a Bible that big. Hallelujah. There are times in your life, as you look back, you were good and being bad. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes. As a matter of fact, some of you remember the time that the party didn't start till you walked in. Yeah. And you know it was in. Uh, you weren't going to leave until the thing ended. Yes, Lord. Have you ever been good at being bad? Hallelujah. And you can be honest today. Hallelujah. Because you're on your church or you're at your couch and uh, the mothers won't look at you funny. But have you ever been good and being bad? Hallelujah. But, but what I love about the Lord is that oftentimes, even in the midst of us being good at being bad, yes, God has a way of getting our attention. And usually it's in the midst of adversity. Is it usually uh, he doesn't get our attention a lot of times while we're mounting high. He has to get our attention while we are valley low. And Paul was in a situation where God had knocked him off his feet this beast and blinded him to give him his true purpose in life, to give him his call and his conversion. And I don't know about you, but I'm glad that I serve a God that doesn't mind getting our attention. Amen. I'm glad that I serve a God that doesn't mind uh, uh, that when we have our ladder leaning against the wrong wall, although we may be successful in it, I'm glad that he doesn't mind getting our attention 
and transforming us and converting us and pointing us in the right direction. As a matter of fact, uh, he got Isaiah's attention in Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah said it was in the year that King Uzziah died that I also saw the Lord. He was high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. Uh, he got Jeremiah's attention in Jeremiah chapter 1. He said, Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I called you, I ordained you to be a prophet unto the nations. Amen. He got Abraham's attention in Genesis chapter 12 when he said, Get me out of thy father's house into a place that I will show you. I will make your name great. Uh, and because of you, all of the nations of the earth will be blessed. He got Moses' attention in Exodus chapter 3 when the bush was burning. He asked Moses, go and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Has God ever gotten your attention? Because as I look back over my life, there were times when God used adversity to get my undivided attention. And that's exactly what, you, what is happening to Paul right here. God is using adversity uh, to call him and to convert him uh, from Christian killer mm, to proclaimer of Christ. Hallelujah. And not only that, hallelujah, I want to talk about not only does God use adversity to get our attention, but number two, I want to lift up the importance of seeking the Savior in our situations. Mm, the importance of seeking the Savior in our situation. I'm in verse number five, and Paul says, and he said, who are you, Lord? Mm. And then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. And it's hard for you to kick against the goats, or the King James translates it, and it's hard to kick against these pricks. Uh, the importance of seeking the Savior in our situations. Uh, he asked the question, who are you, Lord? Yes. Uh, in other words, he's in a situation where he's going 100% in one direction. But because God got his attention, God was saying, you know what, you need to make some strategic adjustments uh, for you to end up where I'm calling you to go. Yes, Lord, God was saying, you know what, uh, 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 I don't want you to be just in my permissive will. I want you to walk into my perfect will for your life. Hallelujah. Uh, and when we're in these ad adverse situations, I believe it's important to seek the Savior in our situations. I believe it's important to make certain strategic shifts uh, so that we can uh, not only be asking God to bless what we're doing, but uh, be doing what God is blessing. It's time to make shifts. Yes, Lord. And there are times when God will ask you to make a shift even while you're in the middle of the situation. Amen. Uh, in the middle of the situation. And, and as I look at our country today and I look at all the things that we're experiencing in our society, the question to consider is what is it, what is it God is saying now? Hmm. Uh, what is it that he's trying to get our attention? What shift is he asking us to make? Hallelujah. And what I just believe today that he's asking us to seek the face of the Savior in our situation. What I believe God is doing, hallelujah, yes, Lord, one of the things that at least is, is that he wants us to lay down all of our idols and spend some time alone in his presence. And I, and I know many of us are trying to still do all the things that we've been doing before. We're still trying to get out in the public. We're still trying to uh, 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 get back to our agenda. And all of those things are wonderful and good, and there is a time and a place for all of that. But, but what I believe the Lord is saying, is that he wants us to seek the face of the Savior. In other words, not just seeking his hand, but to seek his face. 
Does anybody remember Mary and Martha? Yes, Lord. When uh, they were, uh, Jesus was at their house, and when he was, uh, Martha was busy in activity trying to fix dinner for Jesus. Hallelujah. But Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus, just listening at his voice, trying to be alone in his presence. And as a matter of fact, uh, at that occasion, Martha even got mad at Mary. And she even got mad at the Lord. She said, Lord, do you not care that my sister is not helping me in this situation? Do you not care uh, 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 that I'm doing all of this work? Uh, I'm doing all of this activity. And all my sister Mary is doing is sitting down at your feet. Do you understand that sometimes we can have a lot of activity, but we don't necessarily have productivity? And what God is asking us to do in the middle of those situations is to have one of those Selah moments. Yes, Lord. Uh, all the sermons that the Lord has given me down through this year is beginning to make a lot more sense. One of them was Selah. Yes, Lord. In other words, we need to pause for reflection and contemplation. Yes, Lord. There are times that God is saying instead of chasing uh, and, and holding up all of our little idols. Yes, Lord. Do, uh, God is calling us just to spend some time alone in his presence. Uh, there are some things that he wants to say that us. There's some things that he wants to give to us. There's a direction that he wants to uh, show us. He wants to show you his perfect will for you. Hallelujah. He wants to let you know that I don't want you just to have a lot of activity. I want you to have productivity. And in those times, it's important to seek the Savior in the midst of all of our situations. Yes, Lord. That we can lay down all of our idols and that we can just get in the presence of the Lord. And I don't know about you, but I've gotten to the point in my life where uh, I'd rather be with Jesus than anywhere Pray uh, Hammond put it this way, just to be close to you, yeah, it's my desire. And that ain't about his testimony today. That, that Lord, I'd rather I want to be close to you. Yes, Lord. Because in thy presence is the fullness of joy. And thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Yes, Lord. Uh, the importance hmm, of seeking the Savior in the middle of our situation. Yes, Lord. Paul, as he was going to Damascus, uh, the Bible said, yes, Lord, hallelujah, uh, that he saw a light, and the light shone brighter than the noonday sun. And he cried out to God, and he said, who are you, Lord? I think that's a good question. Lord, who are you to me? Mm. And then the next question is, what will you have me to do? Hallelujah. Verse number six, what will you have me to do? Lord, what is it that you are asking me to do? I know I brought my agenda. I know I brought all these things that I would like to do. But Lord, what is it that you would have me to do? Hallelujah. Seeking the importance of seeking the Savior in the midst of our situation. Hallelujah. And the last point, and I'm in my seat. Hallelujah. Your surrender precedes your sin. Mm. Your surrender proceeds your sin. Uh, at this time, yes, Lord, Paul, again, he had been knocked down off his beast. Uh, the Bible says that he could not see. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. And the Bible says in verse number six, he with trembling and astonishment, he said, Lord, what will you have me to do? Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. And the Lord gives instructions. And some of you un understand this, that whenever we need a miracle, God gives us an instruction. And as we obey the instruction, we put ourselves in the place where we can receive the miracle. Let me say that again. Whenever we need a miracle, God gives us an instruction. And as we obey the instruction, we put ourselves in position to receive the miracle. And this is what Paul says. He said, what will you have 
me to do. Uh, in other words, Lord, you got my undivided attention now. You used this adversity to get my attention. Yes, Lord. And now I'm seeking the Savior on my, in my situation. And now I've come to the point that my surrender precedes my seeing. I, I understand in order for me to see again, in order for me to be able to understand and have not only information but revelation, to, to understand what you are saying in this particular season, Lord, uh, what is it that you would have uh, me to do. Yes, Lord. God. At this point, yes, Lord, the Bible says, Paul, it's time to arise. Uh, and I want to let somebody know it's time to arise. Yeah, I know you've been down. Yeah, I know the devil has been knocking on your door. Right, I know he's been at your house so long, you start to charge him rent. Hallelujah. But God is saying it's time to arise. Uh, I'm wondering, does anybody know that God is saying it's time to arise? Yes, I know the first half of 2020 have you gone through so much hell that your clothes fell uh, okay, but the God I Service saying it's time uh, to arise. Uh, in other words, because you are seeking my face, yes, Lord, because now that you're surrendering, now that I have your undivided attention, uh, I want you to arise and, and go to a man that I'm calling you to, to connect with. Do you know that your blessing is connected to uh, some other folks? Yeah, there's a thing called a divine connection, yes, Lord. And do you understand that we're better together? There's some people that God is calling us to partner with bring about his will in the earth. He told him to arise and go down a street called Straight Street. Uh, and you will find a man named Ananias. Yes, Lord. And what I want Ananias to do is to lay hands on you and you shall receive your sight. In other words, your surrender yeah, proceeds your seeing. Uh, if you want to see what the Lord is doing, if you want to have divine revelation and not just information on your situation, yes, Lord, it's all surrender, yes, Lord. And I don't know about you, but I believe God is calling for somebody to surrender, yes, Lord. Just like Paul on this Damascus road, he's calling for you to have a Damascus road experience, yes, to lay down your agenda and say, just like Jesus, not my will, uh, but thy will be done. Uh, isn't that the, uh, what surrender is all about? Isn't that what following Christ is all about anyway? It's not doing what you want to do, but doing what Christ has called us to do. Hallelujah. God is saying, you know what? It's not about your will, but it's all about His will. And as we surrender, yes, Lord, it proceeds our sin. Because Paul did just what God had called him to do. He went down to Ananias' house. And although Ananias had some fears, although Ananias had some concerns, hallelujah, the Bible says that both of them surrendered to the will of God. Ananias laid hands on Paul, and Paul received his sight. And I just believe God is raising somebody else. Yeah.
I was looking back, and even on my notes, and even asked God led me to the same exact text that He gave me on New Year's Eve for this Sunday, for this year. And usually, what I learn about the Lord, you know, when He gives a, a New Year's Eve sermon, oh Lord, that's that's a sermon right there. Uh, I remember the Lord giving such a dynamic, energizing, inspiring, hopeful sermons at the beginning of the year. I remember one year He gave us the year of elevation. Hallelujah, and how God was elevating people, taking them higher, uh, higher in their relationship with him, where they would see some things in the natural realm as well as in the spiritual realm. Hallelujah, as they laid down their Isaacs and, and, and surrendered unto him. Yes, Lord, a year of elevation. I remember uh, Lord giving a, another word on New Year's Eve, talking about passionately pursue our purpose, forgetting those things which are behind and looking forward to those things which are before God telling us uh, to lay down some stuff, but as we lay it down, we can grab hold to some things that he was going to push us and propel us into our destiny. Hallelujah. And then he gave me this word in 2020. Hallelujah. Where he said perfect vision with a subtitle of extreme makeover. And even when he gave it to me, I'm like, oh, I don't know about this one. <laughs> extreme makeover. What are you saying with as far as a, an extreme makeover? And although now that I'm at the halfway mark, as I'm making these halftime adjustments, I, I have a better understanding of what he meant about extreme makeover. That he was going to do some things in 2020 that we have never, ever, ever, ever seen in our lives. How many of you, uh, and I'm talking to my preacher and pastor friends now, how many of you prophesied and saw what we're seeing in 2020? How many of you saw that the NBA and the NFL and the NCAA would be all shut down? How many of you saw that we would have to wear masks and gloves just to go to the grocery store? How many of you saw that we would be cutting our own hair in our own house? Hallelujah. How many of you saw that he would sanctuary and to see that he didn't want to speak to us using a little man, that he wanted us to hear from him personally, face to face, when he was calling us to get into our undivided attention. Well, you saw all of that. Guess what? I want your DVD. Amen. <laughs> Send it to me. Hallelujah. Inbox me. Shoot it to me. Hallelujah. Because I, I didn't see all of that. But again, as I, as I continue to look back to the text, God is calling us to make some halftime adjustments. He's telling us that we still, the, the message, uh, he didn't give me all the details, hallelujah, but the destination is still the same. Let me say that again. He didn't give me all the details, but the destination is still the same. He's still using adversity to get our attention. He's still having us to understand the importance of seeking the Savior in our, in our situations. He's still telling us that we must surrender, that our surrender precedes our sin. And as we surrender to his perfect will, not just his permissive will, hallelujah, not to our will, but as we surrender to his perfect will, just like Paul, he, he'll remove the scales from our eyes. Ah, he'll give us a divine revelation. He'll let us see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Hallelujah. And I don't know about you, but that's what I want today. I, I, I want to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I want divine revelation. I want to understand what God is doing in this season. And even those things that I don't understand. I'm praying the Lord to give me peace even in the midst of the storm. 
Hallelujah, that I can still trust you, even when I can't trust you. That I can rely on your character when I don't understand your methodology. I just believe today he's restoring our sight. He's renewing us today. He wants to do it for you. So the question to consider is, is that what you want today? Is that what you want today? Hallelujah, because believe it or not, that's why Jesus came from heaven to earth anyway. He came to hang, bleed, and die on a cross. That whosoever was believing in him and surrendered their life to him, surrendered their will to his will, that they should have everlasting life. And I want to let you know today that just like Paul, yes, Lord, we may be successful at some things, but he wants us to be successful at his will. And say, Lord, you know what? You died for me, and I want to live for you. So if you're here today and you're hearing this message, I just want to let you know the Lord wants you to be saved. I believe you're here by divine providence. I believe the Lord wants to speak to you. He wants you to be saved today. As a matter of fact, I, I'm going to end this sermon a little differently from how I typically do because we usually extend the invitation. But, but I want to pray with you today because I just believe the Holy Spirit is ministry. I believe he's meeting our needs today. I believe he's challenging somebody to make some adjustments in your life. Yes, Lord, to make some adjustments. And do like Paul and say, who are you, Lord, and what will you have me to do? So are you ready to surrender today? Are you ready to turn it over to Jesus? I want to let you know today is not a fair exchange. You can cast all your cares and all your troubles and your anxieties on him. But I'll let you know today that he cares for you. Yes, Lord. He'll give you a brand new life. He'll give you life abundantly. So we're going to say a word of prayer, and then we're just going to worship for a moment. Amen. Can we do that? Hallelujah. Let us pray. Precious Lord, we praise you. Lord, we thank you for your word today. Thank you for your word going forward. And Lord, I thank you, oh God, that you have used this at first time. You used this season right here. Yes, Lord, to, to get our undivided attention. That we can lay down our idols. Lay down all of those things that have captured our attention. That have stolen our time, our talent, and our treasure, oh God. And that we can cast it all at your feet. And ask the question once again, who are you, Lord? Who are you? And what is it that you would have me to do? What is your will for my life? I don't want to just be done doing my, my will and ask you to bless what I'm doing. Lord, I want to be moving, operating, and surrendering to your will in the earth. Because, Lord, I believe you have a great plan for us. A plan to prosper us, not to harm us, but to give us a hope and a future. And, Lord God, I believe today that you're telling somebody that their life shall be greater. Yes, Lord. I know they had a rough beginning of 2020, but Lord, I believe that Atlanta shall be greater. I believe that you're coming in now. I believe you're interrupting our agendas. And I believe that you're speaking as only you can. So I'm asking right now in the matchless name of Jesus that you would move, that you would minister, that you would touch, that you would remove the scales from our eyes, that we can see what you would have us to do in the earth. And because you're faithful, I'm going to say thank you in advance for what you're getting ready to do. Move now, God, as only you can. It's in the name of Jesus that we ask it all. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. And there may be somebody today that's listening to this message who had made the first step. Just like Paul, God is calling you to ask, who are you and what would you have me to do? What God wants you to do today is he wants you to be saved. He wants you to know your ABCs, except believe and confess. Accept the fact that you're born a sinner. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And make that confession with your mouth. And the amazing grace of God. He'll cleanse you. He'll renew you. 
He'll make you brand new. Yes, Lord, you can begin a life with Him. So if you're here today, you're hearing this message and you're not saved, I want to let you know we're going to make it easy. We'll meet you halfway. Hallelujah. You can email us at info, I-N-F-O, at Hallelujah. And we'll reach out. Our team will reach out to you. And we'll minister to you and help you usher you into this process called salvation. But if you're at home today, we want to take a moment just to minister. Amen. We want to take a moment just to worship. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I thank God for his amazing grace. Yes, Lord. Yes. Thank you, Jesus.